and welcome to the Timeless Moments podcast. My name is Bogan Priestess and I'm going to be your host on this wonderful series. We're going to be hanging out with amazing artists and different people getting into the nitty gritties of arts and all things related to Standard Bank sponsorships. Today, I'm hanging out with Dr. Sami from Standard Bank as well as the incredible we are at the Senate Bank Art Gallery and we're going to dig into what Ukoro Buche has got going on here. I'm going to dig right in. Your exhibition is called Ieza. From my understanding, I'm Bedi. So from my understanding, Ieza is a Kosa word. But I think people have a different relationship or understanding of the word based on who they are or where they are in their lives. Mm -hmm. For the purpose of your exhibition, what does Ieza mean? Um, I think it's important to start with the word itself. Um, the word Ieza in Isuzulu means to come. Um, and because Iskosa is also a Nguni language, one needs to explicate um, and explain the difference between the Zulu, Ieza, even in the way it's spoken, and Iskosa, Ieza. Mm -hmm. You see, it's even the, the nuance in um, how it's spoken. Right. So um, basically, the exhibition is titled Ieza because it's around traditional methods of healing. So when we speak about Ieza, we don't speak about disparate, panado, you don't go, you ask for, Amayeza would be Imbiza, Elo, um, you know, Mbepo, Buhu, you know, those are the traditional methods of healing that Ieza, the exhibition, speaks about. It speaks about water as medicine, speaks about soil as medicine, speaks about eucalyptus, etc. like traditional, the, 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 the elements themselves and the things that come out of the ground, not something that's uh, grown in a lab. Understood. Yes. Understood. I love that. I also really appreciate the pronunciation because as a very colorful nation, there's different ways of saying things and we often don't actually pay attention to the fact that the nuances are also in the way the language is spoken. So that just really means something uh, beautiful to learn. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your decision to put traditional me medicine as the center of your art. I say this because, you know, traditional medicine or the conversation around uh, traditional practices is always 50-50. It's polarizing because, you know, sometimes it's misunderstood and sometimes people are really guarding off the conversation. Mm -hmm. As an artist, you went right in there. Of course, Uyi Gogo yourself as well. Right. What is the significance of you saying, I'm going to put my art as a form of education um, about these practices? I think it's important to... If art doesn't educate, then what are you doing? Mm. Um, I think it's always important to put, uh, but it's also, it, it would be remiss of me to say that people don't know anything. We know, yeah. right? And people know. Um, and so the best thing for me to, the best thing for me to do is always ask questions, ask questions and kind of start excavating. I'm always interested in excavating, um, excavating our own narratives, which are often, well guarded, but they're almost like open secrets. So why not take the open secret to the streets? Right. Yeah. So um, I feel like it's my duty because I know these things to put them out there and say, these things are not secrets. Um, and it's time that we should be also open. There's nothing, it's controversial because it was it was um, suppressed, right? It was illegal to practice our traditional beliefs in South Africa mm. um, until I think democracy because it was illegal in from 1958. So, you know, all of these things uh, 
kind of make it more complex uh, to speak about things which were previously we are not allowed to speak about. Mm. Um, so I think it's open. It's it's important. It's imperative to put the open secret out there and ask questions of people and say, why does this make you uncomfortable? And that's what EASA tries to do. Mm. I love that. Arts purpose is to interrogate and educate. And I, I love that. Speaking about ownership and taking ownership of our narratives and our stories and conversations that already exist as a brand, um, you know, Standard Bank, I, I, for my perception, has been so brave in really going out there and getting the hands dug in in terms of relating with artists that people love, really putting their pulse on the streets. And this for me is monumental because generally or usually brands wouldn't get involved in something that is, as um, Butli says, controversial, but a, an open secret, a very hush-hush, let's, you know, yeah. for me, firstly, props to Standard Bank for that. <laughs> and how did the decision come about to say, firstly, we're going to have this in the house. And secondly, giving Ubutla Beze, um this SBYA, she's a Standard Bank young artist uh, for visual artists. And uh, just take, take us through that. Like, how did you make the decision? And then how did you decide we're going to house the exhibition as well? Mm. So, I mean, Standard Bank has been supporting the arts for more than four decades now. Um, and obviously the Standard Bank Young Artist Award is linked to the National Arts Festival. So that is where the winner is chosen and they subsequently then have their uh, showcasing their, of the piece, piece or, or practice of their yeah. practice that, that they are involved in. Um, there's a panel that sits at the National Arts Festival that sits and decides who is um, going to be the winner. And that's kind of based on a criteria. But to put it broadly, it's mostly young people, young creators that are at the cusp of their, um, their careers. And they're not necessarily kind of unknown or up and coming. It's artists that are already doing stuff in the, in the industry. Um, and it's just a way of acknowledging them and saying that we are recognizing that you are putting in the effort, you're putting mm. in the work, and we just want to, to, to congratulate you, but yeah. also just um, give you that extra uh, push and say, well done, um, and that we really recognize what, you, what you're doing. Um, and Booth, of course, was the 2021 winner. And what's interesting about the space that I work in, which is the Standard Bank Gallery, is that, of course, Everyone is different. Yes. And it then means that you then have to uh, think about how their work is going to translate in the space. And one thing that I would like to also commend Standard Bank with is, in general, in this art space, there's no sense of censoring the artist. So the artist really has carte blanche on what they want to do mm -hmm. in the space. And that's really commendable that's to, really to support artistic expression in that way. Yeah. Getting the exhibition into the gallery. I don't know if you've come in and seen it, of which you should. <laughs> First of all, don't watch this without seeing the exhibition because you won't understand what we're going to talk about. But anyways, <laughs> um, it looks like it's very different from, I mean, I've been here on your, a lot of the exhibitions that Sunnibank has had. There's grass here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's water on the floor, Sana. There's, listen, there's stars, like there's a lot going on. So I want to understand the work or the efforts, like how do you actually mm. go about putting such an interesting exhibition into the mm. space? Mm. Well, that's the interesting thing about curating or being a curator. It literally means somebody who looks after 
um, artworks, who cares for artworks. Yeah. And you have to think about how would you care about, you know, for a piece of artwork, regardless of what it is yeah. once it enters um, mm -hmm. the space. Um, and one of the things really also that people don't always, at least a myth around um, curating is that it's very glamorized. It looks nice once <laughs> the show is up and it, it's all eyes, cameras and everything. But the practicalities of putting together <laughs> the actual That's, work. I'm like, how many tracks were involved? Um, you get. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Um, it, you know, you have to pull out tricks out of a hat kind of thing to make it work. Um, and to do it in the best way that is stays true to, you know, the artwork, stays true to, you know, the requests of the artists and how they want their work to be mm -hmm. represented. Um, and most of all, looks after the space and that it then lives in, in, the, in the space through the duration of the exhibition for people to experience in the most authentic way. This is so exciting. Coco, your, your exhibition is incredible. Thank you. Um, I want to reference some of the works. I was very interested in the visual installation, Yesha Umoya. And um, again, the name as well is, you know, the Zulu and this Kosa and there's just different relationships that we have with these phrases. Mm -hmm. The characters in the, in the visual, you know, are they connecting to the earth? Are they, are they embodying spirits? Mm -hmm. Like, please take us through what's happening in the installation because there's earth, there's water, there's air, there's rock. Right. And which is everything that you say in, is encompassed in the exhibition. Right. What's the story in that? In, in, <laughs> what's in, in, the story? In, in, what's the, you know, because art is, 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 is subjective, right? I see it, I'm like, oh, this is, okay, it's a spirit, it's a crab. And you had a different, you know, um, perception of it so mm -hmm. maybe you can put us through your mind when you were doing the visual you've actually nailed it okay. um <laughs> so you've hit you know you've had it on the nail um yes literally uh i think the easiest way to explain it is um yes comes from a song yes uh so it's from a, that's what i thought of when i read yes. it as well okay yes comes from an old old song um that is sung in um, churches which have prophetic, uh, so where there's prophetic energies. Um, and Yesamoya uh, uh, means, I think, the best way to put it because it's more nuanced than that. And so English, you know, is mm. um, So yeah. I, the best way to explain it would be spirit descend or spirit enter um, would be the best way to kind of explain it. And when I started thinking about uh, making the video, the, I started thinking about these spaces which we all speak to when we pray and when we speak to spirits, you know. So we speak of the caves, we speak of the mountains, we speak about the, 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 the bushes, um, we speak to spirits in the water, we speak to forest spirits. And so I kind of wanted to, but they, these are all elements as well. So I kind of wanted to, but all these elements fetch water and they take life from water. So one can't be without the other. So they're all interdependent. And I was just thinking to myself, how do I get people to become, um, to, how do I get you as a person to relate to this? So I put bodies and I personified these, okay. um, these spirits, right? Okay. And I, because when you enter a cave, you don't necessarily see a person, you see yourself. Mm, yeah. So if like someone, the cave spirit touches something, you can also kind of feel it if you don't um, 
if you don't put a body there, then you your the way that you relate to it is going to be completely different, right? Mm. So I needed to embody. I needed to have these spirits embodied or personified. Um, so the rock spirit became a person. Um, the bush spirit became a person. And um, to all go fetch this big water spirit or, or get this like gift from the water because without the water, there is no, nothing grows on the earth. Yeah, and also from the caves, you can also find water. Uh, That's why there's waterfalls in, in uh, what are those things in, in Mexico called where there's um, water inside caves? The hot baths. No, 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 not the hot baths. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, in Mexico, South, uh, like. Yeah, but all these are indigenous, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to speak to things that speak to indigenous the people. The inside the yes, caves. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay. There's, there's, the, the name escapes me right now. But um, it's just like you'll find the bluest water and people just mm. dive into these holes and mm. there's just water inside, right? And so I wanted to kind of speak back to all these indigenous places and practices, uh, but personify them. I love the way you also reference Mexico. I mean, we laughed at all. I laughed about it. But for me, it's showing us the interconnectivity, yes. like interconnectedness of, of, of spirituality, right. people right. in general. It's bringing me to, um, is it Inkwenkwezi, mm-hmm. the, the, the exhibition with the grass? Yes. And um, that's also showing the interconnectedness of you know, churches. Mm-hmm. There's certain churches that pray in grass areas. Right. Um, and then also, but the interesting thing is you have to take off your shoes when you get into that exhibition. And for me, that's a practice I recognize from traditional healers. Right. You can't get into somebody's Ndumba or Iskota without taking off oh, yeah. your shoes. Take us through that thinking, you know, walking into that space. Is it is it related to that specifically but also grounding there's something called grounding that um a lot of other you know uh, um wellness practitioners use mm-hmm. where you you must touch grass you must yes. touch the soil yes. take us through the interconnectedness of isindu or traditional medicine but also everybody else's way of relating back and centering themselves particularly uh with regards to your exhibition that one. So in Gwenguezi, um I was trying to figure out how do I create a space where we, one can meditate and how do we meditate and how do you calm your energies and the vibration is felt from when you, you can't feel the vibration unless you take your shoes off. How do you ground yourself? How do you bring yourself to start meditating and start walking? That's why there's this grass and they're in islands so you can start kind of like walking in circles etc walking around them or going into them and it becomes something that kind of becomes almost like a um, when they you know there's certain churches where so they start walking around in circles to kind of like uh, let the spirit also enter in a way mm-hmm. so they kind of become it becomes like this meditative dance uh, between yourself and the vibrations on the ground because when you bury bodies and you bury things and things grow it's here on the ground mm-hmm. but your your spirit when you when you speak to your ancestors it's all looking up right so your body can start you start the meditation from your feet and you work your way up. Um, and I think it is important to kind of, it becomes, um, you're not going to feel anything and you're going to be less aware of yourself uh, unless if you have your shoes on, right? Um, mm. But you become more aware and more intentional about what you're doing, what you're stepping on, and you can you allow yourself to feel more. Mm. when. Uh, so it kind of works in like a multi-sensory uh, way. 
Yeah, and you can also just, it's a calming thing. It's a meditative thing. Um, and it becomes like a prayer for one. Mm. Yeah, where you can go inside your own head, your own space. Um, I think you kind of retreat into yourself so you forget everything that is happening outside. And then when you exit, then you, you put your shoes back on and we're back real life. Hi, you know, yeah. so it's a, it becomes like a, I think, an escape room, but not the yeah. fun kind. Yeah. yeah. But um, the type that is meant to be a space of peace for yourself. And, you know, you can just get a moment to yourself. Um, so it's another method of healing. It's another form of yes. Yeah, and uh, but then also I have to think about how does this translate into art, right? Because at the end of the day, this is an exhibition. Mm. Uh, so okay, the artist then has to say, okay, how do I make sure that this is still art? And I try and take all of these things, which are things of the earth, things that you can feel, but they're also, I think artists also have a social responsibility. Um, and this is my form of being like when you walk in here this is how i want you to feel mm. yeah. yeah so um yeah. that's in Gwenguezi and that's incredible the... but beyond that i think with you saying that you're using art and the visual language you know when you spoke about how taking off your shoes mm -hmm. you are very being intentional about people wanting them to center themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's deliberately kind of using the soil mm -hmm. as an art tool to yep. say, this is how I want people to experience the space. Exactly. The same way you've done with the water as well, with mm -hmm. the projection way. The, you know, it's water projecting on water. Mm -hmm. So you're using the water almost as if, you know, a painter would use paint mm -hmm. as their tool. You're using these, you know, the soil, the water as these tools, mm -hmm. these artistic tools again. Um, which is quite nice, I think. It adds a, a rich layer to the, to the exhibition. Dude, this is fascinating stuff. <laughs> you need to come check this out. It's incredible. I mean, I was going to ask you, Dr. Sami, in terms of preserving the, the integrity of the art pieces, the grass was wet yeah. when I was, you know, it was, it was moist. Mm. It was really giving what Ubushe is talking about. Um, as somebody who looks after the art pieces, you know, what kind of one maintenance goes into mm. the work, right? Mm. For it to, to remain tact as yeah. if it was new. But two, how much involvement do you have in, because Butli said she thinks it, but now it has to be an art piece. Yeah. So how much collaboration or how much involvement do you have in, in, in collaborating with the artist to, mm. to make sure that, look, your thought is your thought, but as an art piece, this is how it works. I don't know how it works in sure. terms of how you get involved in helping yeah. you put that No, I mean, when we, when we install the work, obviously, it's the process okay. of working through solutions and things that, that work and don't work. And as I said, primarily as a curator, my job is to care for the, for the artwork. Okay. And what is beautiful, I think, about installation work specifically is that it tends to live in the space, literally. And that's what this work is doing, you know. It's, it's living in the space. So the grass every day is growing, <laughs> um, which is quite, it's quite interesting and, and nice. You know, the water, we have a little uh, pump for it. So sometimes it's still and sometimes it's kind of vibrating um, mm -hmm. very subtly. Um, those are all things that, you know, we had to pay attention to in making sure that the exhibition kind of runs um, in the way in, in which Bukle had intended it to. 
This is incredible. Let's, um, you know, just before we wrap up um, and I let you guys go, let's talk about traditional medicine itself. It's 2023, we're seeing a very loud conversation about traditional medicine, traditional practice. Um, and generally, or back in the days, traditional healers were people that we were deemed as elders or older people. Mm -hmm. But now we're seeing more young people as traditional medicine, mm -hmm. um, as traditional healers. And part of that could also be social media is now exposing us to things that we otherwise were not exposed mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the, the progress of social, so, uh, of, of social media, um, either demystifying you know, traditional healing or contributing towards misconception? I just want to you know, see where you're at in terms of you said the secret is out there. Mm -hmm. We're having these conversations. However, how progressive is it? You know, um, and then particularly connecting it to when we start to use art to also continue with the conversation. Mm. There's a lot mm. happening there. Um, just tell us about social media, traditional healers, the entire conversation that's happening right now um, with regards to that. Um, I mean, I'm just one traditional healer. <laughs> there are many. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts about uh, social media and digital media, um, we cannot stay in the past. Mm. Yeah, we live in the present. And the present, this is digital media, well, a podcast. Uh, you can't, you can't uh, expect us to stay in the past as well, you know. We are, we are a generation that uses social media. We are a generation that uses digital media. Why not um, use those tools to demystify? Why not use those tools to consult? Why not use those tools to do the work that definitely needs to be done? Yeah, so for me, I think it's great. I, I love what other people are doing with it. Um, I think, like all things, there's a wonderful side to it. Right. But then on the other side, there's a dark side to it. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately with this practice is, like you said, it's so polarizing mm -hmm. that it can go either way. I mean, um, Instagram and the way that it's used is also super, you know, they're trolls. Um, <laughs> but there's also Sangoba trolls. You know, and uh, I like to say that some people are too quick with the Twitter fingers and they don't think before they mm. say things, especially because umuti can hurt. Um, and so you really need to be really educational and very specific about how you put these things out there. Mm. Because if you're not, you're going to hurt a lot of people and you're going to put a lot of people like people can get sick. Um, people can get sick, people can die, people will end up in hospital if you give the wrong information. Mm. And so I think that uh, as progressive as it is, I think people should also just say, remember to consult properly. Yeah. It's like going to a doctor. There's doctors that consult online. Don't give people the medicine and yes, not help exactly. them don't, okay. don't, um don't just be like a it's not over the counter things you know yeah, yeah it's not over the it's not as paza shop mm. yeah this is uh, real life and you're messing with people's real lives mm. um so i think it's important that you put correct information out there for people that's beautiful mm. dr same mm. it's the first time that Muhle is exhibiting in her home country girl period how does that even work you know <laughs> like, congratulations <laughs> and also like 
it's astounding. It's yeah. like, this is home. This is home ground. This is where the spirit lives. This is where this education comes mm. from. I found it very intriguing that this was your first time exhibiting here. Just give us a quick background of where else you've shown and what, <laughs> is, what it feels like to actually bring it back to the source. Um, so it is my very first time exhibiting in Johannesburg, which is where I was born. Mm. Um, I have exhibited once in Cape Town before, so I've had one solo exhibition ever at home um, in the, I think, 12 years that I've been practicing as an artist. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's wonderful to be back home for the very first time uh, on you know, my own stomping grounds. So to have my people, my family, be able to see my work and experience it um, is amazing. I mean, the show is also moving to um, four other locations in South mm. Africa. So it's touring and it will end, I think, in Cape Town at, the, at Izigo which is the South African National Gallery, um, SANG. Mm -hmm. So I'm also looking forward to that, and I'll be back for that one as well, which is in November, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've exhibited in Asia, so um, Hong Kong, Japan, um, I think India, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yo, most of Europe. Um, mm -hmm. So it's been... It's London as well, um, Australia, uh, New Zealand, uh, where else? Passport gang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, other, so Burkina Faso, lots of West Africa, a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also going for the Harare. Yeah. Um, I'm going for the first time to Luanda. So I'm going to Angola uh, to also exhibit there. Um, there's lots of, oh, Cote d'Ivoire, um, so the list goes on. I mean, it's been Paris, I won a prize, Italy, I won a prize, um, but this is the first one, first award at home that I've mm. ever received, mm. um, and also first show at home. Mm. So I'm, uh, I'm super grateful yeah. for this This is moment. beautiful. I, yeah. I want to just quickly check out time because I do have another question, but, um, Firstly, you know, big up, Dr. Summer. Your work is incredible. Um, and I'm really happy that we're having this conversation because, again, our relationship with the subject of traditional medicine, traditional healing is different because of our references and who we are and where we come from. And it's so beautiful to see how much intention and how much thought goes into how you want to educate and express um, about this. Before we close, I'm hearing a song, Unongala, uh, that mm -hmm. keeps playing. Uh, throughout the exhibition and can you just take us through the significance of that song because I do know it but mm -hmm. obviously I'm not Kosa mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and when you were talking about your your visual your your visual um, installation mm -hmm. the lady in the cave also was giving Unongala vibes mm -hmm. so can you just is there a connection like what's the significance of Unongala uh, the song in the exhibition and possibly even in your journey as a traditional healer all right, so Nongkala uh, is an old Kosa song, like super old. Um, and uh, it's about a crab that lives in the water, but it's a sacred crab because mm. the crab is also a totem for some people, so some yes. people don't eat it, right? Mm. Um, so, I mean, where I'm from, in the, where my parents are from in the Eastern Cape, there's a lot of crabs. And, you know, whenever there's umsebe um, and some ritual ceremony, uh, the, song, the song is always sung. Um, for our gogo, uh, because when you see a crab, it's always it also mentions gogo, oh. right? So it makes mention of ugogo. 
So the crab is an ancestor. Um, and so because we were speaking about spirits and we're going to fetch the water spirit, it becomes like this thing that can't be touched or something that you find in the water because we're fetching ukokomkulu essentially in the water. Yeah, so that's how it kind of relates to that. To, that's beautiful. Yeah. We're learning so much and there's so much more to learn on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And Dr. Same, give the people the information. How long is the exhibition running? What else can we look forward to from Standard Bank sponsorships in the mm, coming year? Yeah, very exciting lineup. This exhibition runs until the 8th of April. Um, we then have, we have a full program of SBYAs. Um, we will have Blessing Gubeni, um, who was the Standard Bank Young Artist Award winner for visual art for 2020. Due to COVID, he never had his chance mm. to have his exhibition. We're really doing something special for him. And then we're going to have Lady Squally, who is the current um, Standard Bank visual artist winner for yeah, 2022. So very exciting year ahead of us. Beautiful things to look forward to. Bushabeza, yeah. thank you so much, Gogo. Your work is incredible. I hope that it continues to touch many, many more, more lives and nations. And thank you so much for putting us into, you know, your world and helping us understand the arts. Again, we see it, it looks interesting, but it's really so beautiful to get, you know, the nuances and the fiber mm -hmm. in the work. Uh, may your light continue shining and also just changing lives. Dr. Sama, your work as well. May you continue to keep supporting and helping us put the grass into our gallery, <laughs> making it all sure. happen by any means necessary. Sure. It's been a beautiful conversation. My name is Spoken Priestess. This is the Timeless Moments podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. Never know what you might learn.